0: J.M. and the A.M. on this era of Rosh Chodesh, Rabbi Menachem Ganak is with us live via telephone. He is, of course, the CEO of OU Kosher. He is the general editor of OU Press. And it seems that every time OU Press and Korin get together, uh, they produce a uh, a publication that's extremely exciting. In this case, it's Megillat Esther Misora Tarav. Uh, Megillas Esther with the commentary based on the teachings of. Of Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik. Rabbi Menachem Ganak. welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Good morning, Menachem.
0: Pleasure to speak with you. I think I'm right. Every single time OU Press and Corin get together for a special project, it causes great celebration as we get into Adar and want to increase the celebration. It causes great celebration in the community, and uh, this one is wonderful. Uh, basically, the rubs Megillas Esther. Um, you know, you and I, Rabbi Ganak, I-, I think uh, almost every time you're on these airways and we discuss the Rav, we always discuss something about uh, what it was like being his Talmud, but we also discuss his unique view of Jewish holidays. And it's no secret, you've revealed this to us many, many times, <clears throat> that he admitted during his lifetime that his favorite Jewish holiday was Yom Kippur. I would therefore suggest, and I might surmise, <laughs> that Purim being, the way it's observed, quite the opposite of Yom Kippur. He may have had a unique position when it came to, to this holiday, can you give us any insight into how the Rav enjoyed or viewed the holiday of Purim?
1: Uh, that's interesting. You know, he, he would often reference the um, the the Zohar, which is, is, people are familiar with, that plays in the word Yom Kippurim, right. the Tikkunai Zohar, as reading Yom Kippurim, a day like Purim. And of course... I mean, the, the zohar on its face seems to be initially strange, because there are no two days on the Jewish <laughs> calendar that are more are more different. Polar opposites. <laughs> Polar opposites. Yom Kippur is a day of fasting, introspection, and Yom Kippur and, and Purim is a day of, of feasting and frivolity. How do the two go together? And I, uh, th- what the Rav would say, and I think this this is especially unique about the Rav in terms of his, you know his dialectical view of many things, namely, that um, they seem to be just the opposite. But they have one thing in common um, which binds them, and that's the poor, the goro, the the lottery. Things that seem to be complete happenstance from behind the the veil of history, from Kodesh Baruch's perspective, often hidden to us, are meaningful and directed. So that's what the goro on Yom Kippur, between between the two goats, represents, that what seems to be happenstance, you know, which which goat will end up, in that his blood will be sprinkled in the Kodesh Kodashim, and which will be ignominiously thrown off a cliff, the, sh- cliff, the Silah Zozo. it all depends just on a lottery. And Purim also, it seems the fate of the Jewish people depend on on this lottery, that the, that the, the lottery of the poor of Haman. Right. But it's it's that sense of um, vulnerability and that perspective that we bring, and knowing that we're in God's hands, that gives you know that those are the things that join it, and it's that per- religious perspective that we want to bring but, many things in our life.
0: But now I'll ask you what might be a more difficult question. Then, uh, while I understand you know from a uh, from a, a from from that standpoint, I understand the comparison or the the thread that the Rav might say goes through the two holidays. But again, back to the original point, and I know we have to get to the book and we will, but back to the original point in terms of how the day is observed and them being polar opposites. I mean, you've described to us how the Rav was elated, quote-unquote, on Yom Kippur, and the Avodah was so meaningful to him, and even the fasting and the closeness, which he felt one could achieve with the one above, on Yom Kippur, was unprecedented compared to other days of the year. So then how did he view the observance of Purim, is there anything unique you could tell us about how he viewed again the frivolity, the 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 joy, the dancing, you know, I, uh, things that we don't always associate with brisk. His, with right with brisk and his perspective of, right. of Jewish observance.
1: Right. So you know, I I don't, and I think you, you're right about that. He 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 wasn't. Um, his his I think his Purim was probably much more subdued. Actually, the only time I was with him, Purim. I wasn't with him in Purim, but I was him, with him on Shushan Purim, right. and and that's why there's a lot of the things that we have in the book uh, uh, relate to this. Was his wife passed away? Yud Aleph mm-hmm. Oda. So it was right before Purim. He
0: was sitting shiva on Purim,
1: and he sat shiva on Purim. And I, men, I remember when I went to Boston to bookline to Menachem Ovel, I remember when I walked into the house, Rabbi Titz was there and Rabbi Hutner was there. To uh-huh. right. And the Rav was talking, and the Rav sat shiva on, I wasn't in Purim, but on the next day, on Shushan Purim. Right. And he said that, you know, because the Ramar says that you don't sit shiva on Purim. There's still in Shulchan about whether you sit shiva on, on Shushan Purim.
0: Well, on, on Purim itself, we do, but we don't have guests, correct? Is that the right approach?
1: Well, th- actually, there's a where they actually sit shiva on Purim so uh, most people, i mean so it's, it's, it's a discussion of dean about it in, in mahabba and so on we we don't sit we we don't sit Shiva on the floor
0: right but, but an other would likely not walk there, out of their house on Purim. but
1: there is but there is, there is avalem.
0: right oh there is right. nikhamavalam you can right. have you can't have Shiva guests
1: so to speak on Purim. okay I didn't right realize. because look, there's even nikhamavalam on on yantar Right. He says on right. khalamoid rabbi miss him about right. so but it, it, i mean he said you know if somebody would ask you know why are you sitting shiva Again, there are different sources for what they do. He said, but psychologically, that he 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 feels he has to. So, you know, if you know Brisk and you know the Rav, his Purim wasn't you know this kind of getting drunk, and uh, right. that wasn't that wasn't it. I think they tell the story, about, somebody once told me that for Velvel, in Yushalayim, they, some boys from Yushalayim came and he was learning, and they and they started dancing around him while he was learning. He did even didn't even lift his head, you know, to right. acknowledge it. So. Uh, yeah, the, the poem itself and the actual observance was probably much more subdued.
0: All right, but we know we know, and not to overstate the obvious, but we do know that he heard Megillah twice on Purim and he did have a Purim suda, and no right, doubt good. fulfilled right and no doubt fulfilled Mishlach manos and Matanah right. slavionim. I mean, no right. question about that. Yeah. Uh, so he did participate. Just you know, may, maybe not to the. I don't know if he had any theme for his Shalach manos, right? That, 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 <laughs> I, I think
1: <laughs> I think that sort of developed after his time in general, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Rabbi Menachem Gedak is with us, general editor of OU Press. Now, you've described for us in the past, and you know we always get excited when there is a publication that has just been released uh, associated with the Rav. You've described to us in the best that this type of research is based on notes and shiurim that were you know specifically given and conversations that were had with the Rov by his talmidim, etc., etc. Was that the type of system utilized to put together the Purim work?
1: Yes, and also we we have a work that the Rav you know was was work of the days of deliverance which which is was an important source for this. And the editors of, of this particular of this volume were Rabbi Rabbi Posen was the editor of um uh, Oya Press together with Rabbi Krakowski, Ellie Krakowski, and actually my son Moshe Ganak. And uh, I should also mention Joe Olawowski was very involved. So uh, this was took us several years till, till we got to uh, you know till we got it out, but it's really a, a real gem.
0: And, uh, I mean, I, I always ask you if you can give us a good example. Of what, what, what is a good example of the uniqueness of the Ruv in terms of viewing the psukim, the passages in Megillah Esther? Is there one specific one you can give us that shows us you know, the type of insight he had into this story?
1: Um, well, you know, just in terms of the Megillah itself, coming back to the theme that you spoke about, you know, how did he view it? Right. Um, so he pointed out, you know, the Gemara gives, gives two sources for why we read um, the Megillah, the why we read the Megillah twice um each day um night and day right not, not, uh, right night and day and uh, you know this is the beginning of Megillah, and and one seems to be you know is is one of um of um, 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 yoma what is I meant to yoma the losana of the um um, right, so that that's that, that Shulba says this one in the beginning of Megillah. So that seems to be one of crying out to Hashem, right. and the and the other is Lahaki um, Chastecha. You know, it, it, the, the other one is one of of joy. This is Reb Chelbo saying, um,
0: um, and it's impossible to get both of those out at the same so reading. One. So rep- there,
1: Right, so actually these are two contradictory verses. Right. And that represents according to the Rav, you know, these two dimensions of the Megillah. The one part of the of the Megillah the Megillah is said as halal, as praise. Right. the Ma, the Ma tells us the reason we don't one of the reasons we don't say halal on Purim, which we do on Hanukkah, is because Kriyosu Zuhi Hilula, the right. reading of the of the Megillah itself is the hollow right. And but the other one is, is one of 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 crying out. Matter of fact, the Lord pointed out that in the time of the Gaonim, they used to say they used to say Tachnon according to some; they used to say Shlichus according to others. So there was also this underlying thing it's this tension between these two experiences: um, one of of you know, Jews were on the verge of annihilation, and the and the tenuous, you know, fragile nature of existence. That would be the,
0: the that would be the nighttime one, I guess, right? Right. And then the, and, during the day. Right.
1: It's... So you know, merging the two, it, that's. You know, the, as I said, the dialectic between the two that in, inherent in the Megillah are these two opposite themes. Right. It's like the Shila shem and the shir So the these two opposite themes co- coalesce within the reading of the Megillah, and somehow the, the religious experience has to encompass both of them.
0: And when you think about it, there's no other Megillah that can that can you know carry the same double type of uh, of theme
1: because, right. as, we, right. as we know, the Megillah is the only book of the nach where God's name is not explicitly mentioned. Right. Interesting. So it's it's you know it's it's hidden from our view, but we know God's hand is moving events. Hmm.
0: Rabbi Menachem Ganach is with us. The brand new book is uh, Megillah Esther Mesoras Harav, commentary based on the teachings of Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, or by Rabbi Ganach, of course, general editor of OU Press. This is a combination of OU Press and Koran publications. Now, what can we learn? You know, we all have, and most of this is obviously because of what we learned in kindergarten and elementary school, and it stayed with us all these years, most of us have an impression of who and what type of person Ahasuerus was, and who and what type of person Haman was, and who and what type of person Esther was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Does the Rav have a, a, an analysis of any of these characters, any of these figures that would surprise us uh, based on the conventional approach to the characters in the story of Purim?
1: Well, I think you know he he has discussion of all of these people and their personalities and how they play out. You know, like he said, "Vahibi me'achashevish." Vahibi me'achashevish doesn't only mean chronologically to tell us, you know, that this is what during the time because it says "Vahibi hu achashevish." in this could have only happened in the lifetime of achashevish, and he goes on to explain the history of achashevish. himself himself wasn't of royal blood. He was a usurper to the throne. He had killed Balshatza. Married his his daughter to, and he was always worried about his his um what his, is it? It, it, no his validity. You know ah. that somebody might. So he's he's very attentive to this. And so when when advisors, namely Haman, tell him you know about Vashti, you know maybe she this kind of because uh, he was a, a brutal, cruel, and uh, um, he was a voluptuous kind of person. And, you know, the love he has a description of that kind of a personality. You know, if you read current events nowadays and you just look at the Megillah, you the, just how these things dovetail, both in terms of different personalities, but also, but more importantly, you know, the 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 how things seem impossible and other things work out, and sometimes even for the good. And would, some things are beyond... What we would have anticipated.
0: Right. Again, the hand, the hidden hand of God.
1: The hidden hand of God.
0: Uh, we, we, you know the impression that the majority of Jews uh, around the world have of Haman. Uh, we know how evil he was, and we certainly can uh, attest based on the Megillah what he suggested to Achashverosh and tried to carry out. But there's also this this impression of him as being a, a cartoonish type character. Can we can we surmise that this is probably unfair? Uh, to categorize him in that way, or view him in that way, when he was as evil as he was.
1: Well, Haman, you know, is a descendant of Amalek, and Amalek is, our, as the Torah tells us, our eternal battle against Amalek. We have a piece in the, in the Megillah, the Rav said in the name of his of his father, who said the name of Ibrahim, his grandfather, that Amalek, um, he proved this in the Rambam, is not only people who are descendant of Amalek, it's people who who ideologically want to eradicate and destroy the, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, during World War II, the Nazis, Yimach Shemam, had a din of Amalek. Um, and it's, of uh, course, he puts it, it, it in the Rambam, because the Rambam is of the opinion that um, Sancheirov, according to the Gemara, that Sancheirov had come and had mixed up all the different nations. So, we don't know who's a descendant of Amalek, who's a descendant of the Zion Amamin. Seven nations, and yet the Ram says that the Locha of Amalek still applies. So it's not necessarily against people who are ge- ge- who are ad- who are, ge- you know, to ge- genealogy right. descendants of Amalek. Of course, they also have to believe in the ideology of Amalek, but also have want to keep, continue the program of Amalek.
0: Interesting. Um, you know, the turning point of the Megillah. I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but I think most do. Uh, Ahashverosh has trouble sleeping. You know, asks for the diaries to be read, and comes up with the uh, with the idea of uh, of honoring Mordecai, as we know. And it's during that same period that Esther acted in a very slow manner in order to um, essentially do what you said earlier in the conversation. Show the, uh, according to what the Rov writes, uh, show the, the disloyalty and the lack of uh, of um, of devotion. That uh, Haman, you know, has toward Achashverosh. That's her strategy. Her strategy. She feels that the only way she's going to get to the king, the only way she's going to convince the king that uh, that he should take action against Haman, is if she, if she disproves the loyalty that she, that he thinks Haman has for him. Correct?
1: Um, well, that's one reading of it, right? I mean, right. I mean, you know, just in terms of my own comment, you know, of course, Akashveros begins to suspect Haman. When he tells Haman, "Go, you know, go, what to to reward, to reward, uh, to reward uh, Mordechai for right. saving the king." And what is Achash, before Ahasha uh, before, Achash, before says the guy he has in mind is Mordechai. Haman, of course, thinks it's going to be him. Right. And he says, "You know that he, he should he should wear the king's the king's um, clothing and crown. clothing and his crown ride on the king's horse." And those are things you know. You don't ride on the king's horse. He begins to realize that this person ah, is he wants good. he wants my
0: position.
1: I got it. You know, it's interesting good. if you look in the Rambam. The Rambam quotes in Hilchas Malachim. What is it that you know? In terms of there's a special law of covered Meloch of giving honor and ought for the king. And he says you know, and, and Loch from Al Suso, and you know all these things. You don't wear his crown. You don't sit on his seat. And all these things. Where did the Rambam get those specific things? He got it from the Megillah. Um, because those are things that, you know, that this is this is what Haman is saying. These are things that are that reserved for the king themselves. That yeah. those who
0: want to be king want to have, right. Right,
1: so, so then Ahasuerus um, begins to get wise to Haman, that this person wants to ultimately rule. And Ahasuerus, as we know, this is a theme that the Lord speaks about. You know, as I said before, Ahasuerus is very he's very worried about this, because he himself was, you know, who, who was Ahasuerus? And uh, he was just—he was uh, worked in the stables. He rose to, to become king. He, he, he usurps the king's p- p- uh, position, b'ashatza. and so he's, he, he knows this can—he ha- did it. It can happen to him. Right, so little this little paranoia little. that that stalks him and everything that he does.
0: Uh, you have here in the book in the Megillah Sester, uh, I am ironically we discussed this earlier. Avelos and Simchan Purim, prohibition of Malacha on Purim. Are these things that the Rav, you know, directly um, addressed, and again, you know, are part of the uh, Talmidim, part of the students' uh, um, uh, notes and, and recordings
1: from him? Right. You know, I'll tell you a story that a friend of mine, Rabbi Michal Shurkin, told me. Um, one, one, one year, they sent Shalach Maddes to the Rav. Right. And uh, it, 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 it must have arrived, uh, you know, the night of Purim. Right. And so the Rav wrote them a, a thank you letter, sending the shalach I said it was dated purim so he said you may wonder because there's a minig not to do malachah on purim right. so he said you may be wondering how i'm writing this letter on purim so he said well i'm writing this letter the night of purim lael purim and he said the reason malachah is also on purim is because since there's a mitzvah simcha and suda so malachah and suda go you know are mutually strong because just it's the same to Allah have said by avelis as well right. malachah is also for the avel for the morning, because he's supposed to be focused on his grief. Right. And Melocha represents Hesachadas, he's not focused on the grief. Right, similar to sim- right. And similarly, similar to, to Simcha. So right. he said, at night, Melocha would be mutter. therefore. Even mm-hmm. though it's Purim at night, we read a Megillah, <laughs> but since there's no mitzvah, Suda and Simcha, and he said, that's why I'm writing, so I know they... <laughs> they cherish this letter that they got from the Rav.
0: Unbelievable. Very cool. Uh, all right, finally, I can't let you go without asking because uh, you you know where I fall on this side of the argument in this neighborhood. Did the Ruv say Krovitz on Purim, and did he
1: say Yotros on Shabbat Zahar? <laughs> so, so the answer is he did say Yotzros. He did! And uh, I'm not sure if Sid some for him, I was never with him, but he used to say, you know, I remember Rabbi saying, you know, but the, the Balabatum don't understand, it. it's just very disruptive. Uh, uh. And he said, said your job is to explain it. To uh.
0: I have, a, I have such a better solution
1: than that, Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so you <give> me- <laughs> in, my, in, in my shul, we three days my my the rabbi, but they had this dispute also, which yeah. they have in every shul, yeah. whether they should say the yotzes and musafim. Right. So they made they they came up with a, a pshara. Let's they say don't it. say the yotzes, but on the days that you have for the musaf also, as you do for Pasha Skolim and so those who do say
0: the so and HaChodesh, they would right. say right. That's the compromise. I have to think if I like that idea or not. I'll decide what what side of the issue I'll take on that one. Rabbi Menachem Ganak, he is the CEO of OU Kosher, general editor of OU Press, and the brand new uh, the brand new book, uh, the brand new Megillah is Megillahs Esther Mesoris Harav, commentary based in the teachings of Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, OU Press and Koren. I assume. This is available everywhere. Is it at the YU's farm sale?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think it's one of the best sellers of the sale. I can imagine. I should, you know, it's not just on the McGill. It's also the entire poem... The uh, the map of service also is also comes with a commentary from the web.
0: right. Yeah, a lot of stuff in here. Great essays in the back as well as and essays point in there. the
1: back. Exactly, halachic essays.
0: Really, and I, it's not a surprise that it's one of the best sellers at the YU's farm sale. And I assume anybody who searches OU Press or Koren, they will find it on there as well on the web. Megillah, uh, Esther, Masorah, Harav. You always bring us uh, amazing things. Rogenak, big Yashakoach uh, and everyone's Purim will be enhanced. I'm sure you know this. Everyone's pirum will be enhanced by this brand new safer. So thank you. Okay, be well. Right, Menachem Ganak. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, and the web, and on the MenachemSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSNF. <laughs>